Welcome to Sobriety Checkpoint. I'm your host, Felicia Hermley. I'm a 12-stepper turned therapist. I'm married and I have two littles under five. I love Jesus, but have had my fair share of struggling with church culture and religion. I know what it's like to be stuck in a restless, irritable, and discontent rut, drunk and sober. In this podcast, you're going to find solutions to navigating mental health, spirituality, and relationships to experience the peace you've been craving. It's time for that desperately sought-after solo target run. Grab your keys and let's go for a drive. There's no judgment or breathalyzer at this sobriety checkpoint. Welcome back to part two of Frank Somerville's story. I'm really glad that you have returned to join us today. If this is the first time that you are listening, go back to episode 39 to listen to part one of Frank's story. Frank Somerville is a five-time Emmy Award-winning former main anchor for KTVU in the Bay Area. During the course of his career, he witnessed two executions at San Quentin Prison, watched an autopsy, flew with the Blue Angels and threw up mid-flight, and was embedded with the Alameda County Sheriff's SWAT team during a 48-hour non-stop competition. It was the first and only time they allowed a reporter to cover Urban Shield from the inside. In part one, we talk about Frank's journey to sobriety He reflected on how childhood trauma and undiagnosed ADD led him to self-medicate with drugs and alcohol. He discusses the impact of his work as a journalist, which exposed him to the harsh realities of violence and tragedy, and sheds light on the turning point that led him to embrace sobriety. Throughout the conversation, he delves into the role of community and personal growth in his recovery, offering a raw and honest portrayal of the challenges and triumphs along the path to emotional sobriety. In this episode, we'll cover topics such as fatherhood, mental health, and sponsorship. Here we go. I'm working on step six and seven right now, and I realized, too, how they're all set out in a certain order. And I guess my thought was, is you know, at some point, you have to admit to yourself, what I'm doing just ain't working. And I've tried it over and over and over. And at what point are you going to be brave enough to go, you idiot? Don't you get it? Drinking is causing every bad thing to happen in your life. Nothing else. It's just that. And, and, and by, by getting rid of that and by being open to the concept of a higher power is, is just, it's awesome. I mean, why, why, why keep fighting it? When I kept fighting, it just got me nowhere. Now look at, now I'm, I'm on a beautiful path down this beautiful road and each day just gets better. I get up, I get up at like four 30 in the morning now. I mean, because my I have, I call my sponsor every morning at six thirty, but I get up at four thirty, and and it's not isolation time, it's it's um, solitude time. I light a candle. Um, I love it when it's dark and you watch the sun come up. And I I do reading and I I just do some of my best thinking, uh, some of my best writing. And who would have ever thought? I mean, if you knew me. <laughs> If you knew me six months ago, you would have gone, wait, what? You get up at 4.30 in the morning now and just think and write, do stuff like that? Like, really? Dude, what's up with you? But that's me. 
that's that's me now. And I can honestly say that these aren't like kind of changes where they where where I'll go back. These are like real life changes. I mean, I I don't want to dwell on my past, but I kind of think sometimes, God, I went through life with two hands chained behind my back, and I was as successful as I was. Imagine what I could have done if I didn't have those two hands chained behind my back. And what I say to myself now is, well, you're getting an opportunity to find out. You can't change the past, but I can sure as hell find out what it's like now. And it's just, I, it's so easy. It's so much fun. It's so nice. And I'm smiling. I can, I can actually watch comedies again and laugh. I mean, I probably went for a whole year without smiling. And that's not, I'm not trying to, that's no hyperbole. When I say that, I mean, I, it, I didn't smile. And I was just a miserable wreck. And all I wanted to do was drink so I could numb myself. And I was just, I was, I was just getting some clothes um, uh, tailored the other day. And it was 10 in the morning. And I was waiting for it to open. I was a few minutes early. And I watched this guy walking down the street. And he had a bottle in his hand. And he was stumbling. And I, I just remember looking at him going, my God, that's exactly what I used to look like. And I thought no one knew. I thought no one would notice. And yet when you look back, it's so obvious. And and I just, I felt so bad for him um, because I don't know whether he's ever going to change, but I could just totally relate to what he's going through. And I just thought, God, I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. It sounds like there's been just a complete paradigm shift in your life. Just a huge contrast between before and after. That's a great way to describe it. My, my paradigm has completely changed and I no longer see the world the same anymore. I no longer see myself the same anymore. Uh, it's just, I can't name one negative thing that's happened since I surrendered. And how cool is that? Because there isn't any, any there isn't anything negative about that. It's all positive. It's all good. Even the hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I actually, I don't even mind the hard stuff because I think it's important to to not be controlled by that. I had I had so much of my things in storage and I finally took them out and I went through them and I didn't want to see any of those things in the past because it would just remind me of all these things that I didn't want to be reminded of. And going through it and seeing the pictures of my kids and, and all of that, it was so freeing because I'm no longer chained by that fear. I walked through that fear and I ended up putting the pictures up on my wall. And now I can look at those pictures and instead of feeling like an asshole for what I put my kid and my, my kids and my ex-wife through, I can look at the happy times and, and, and actually smile about it. And, and it's just, I never thought I'd be able to do that. And here I am. Can you talk a little bit more about fatherhood before and how fatherhood and your relationship relationship with your kids has changed in the past six months? What that was like and what it's like now. So when I was a father, I always swore I would never treat my kids the way my dad treated me. Um, My dad made me feel small and insignificant and always just tell me I was too sensitive. And I mean, I love my dad. And I think my dad said that because he had a terrible upbringing where his parents did the same thing to him. And then he did the same thing to me. And then I did the same thing to my daughters. 
especially my older daughter. My younger daughter didn't feel the brunt of it as much. But, you know, there were times when my older daughter wouldn't come out of her room in the morning because she was too scared. And she didn't know what kind of mood I was going to be in. And, I, I mean, who, who does something like that? Who puts, who puts kids, their own kids, through something like that? But I did. Because all I cared about was getting fucked up. And, and now my older daughter hasn't spoken to me in uh, about two years. And I haven't seen her in about three years. Uh, I'm, I worry that I would walk right past her on the street. I didn't recognize her. But um, this past weekend, she called me up. And she invited me to have a Christmas dinner with just the four of us, my ex-wife, my younger daughter, her, and me. And I that just I just made my day, made my made my year. And again, that couldn't happen unless she was starting to maybe trust me. And I don't blame her her for not wanting to talk to me i was horrible um but i made her feel bad about herself but um but again i can only control what i can control and 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 i think she's seen over six months that i that dad is finally doing all the things he used to promise that he was going to do but now he's really doing them and this is just oh she lives in new york um, but this is just a dinner, but maybe this will lead to more conversations with her. And, and again, I can't control it. I can only control me, but the more I control me and the better I make myself, the more likely it is that at some point she would be able to forgive me and go back to calling me dad instead of Frank, which she did on purpose because she didn't consider me to be her dad. And so... I, I just, I have hope, but I, it's, all of this has just given me hope in every direction, but, but, but to have hope with my daughter where I thought it was just hopeless, uh, is such a beautiful thing. And even with my ex-wife who went through trauma caused by me too, um, I think that, that she's starting to see that I'm really doing it and, uh, that some trust is coming back not a lot yet which i don't expect but some i'll take some any day of the week because some leads to a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and 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 that's if i keep doing what i'm doing i believe that that will happen and in that regard i'm in that regard i'm controlling my life and not letting life control me I'm controlling my life. And when you do that, good stuff happens. Yeah, that's beautiful. I I think, um, you know, just that hope that you mentioned, it just seems like one of those things that you hear, right? The gifts of the program, right? You keep doing, doing, doing the next right thing and things just start to happen. So, you know, that's, that's. I totally given up on hope. I just had given up. I mean, I literally had given up. And I thought I was just going to drink myself to death. And, and now, I mean, 
now that idea is so bizarre to me. And, and when I look back at me, I literally don't recognize that person. Um, I think it's important that I, I'm not forgetting about that person, but I just don't recognize that person anymore because I'm not like that. And for the first time in my life, I can actually say and be totally honest that I'm really not like that. I'm not lying to anybody. I'm not, I'm not trying to make people think I'm, I'm not trying to make myself look good. I just am. And, 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 and it's the result of real honest change. And that's the part that's so damn exciting to me is, is just to see what, what keeps coming from this. I, I mean, I can't wait. In fact, I, I have trouble sleeping, darn it, because I get so damn excited about thinking about getting up the next morning. And it drives me crazy because I just don't sleep well, but I'm so amped up and I just have to learn to calm myself more because I get, when I get excited, I get really, it was the same at work when we'd have a live shot or something like that. I would just get so amped up that I would literally take a breath right before I went on the air because to calm myself, because otherwise I'd sound like I was shot out of a cannon because I, <laughs> I was just so amped up. I get amped up really easy. <laughs> I always have. But now I'm, I'm amped up about good stuff. And, and that's what's so cool. You mentioned that you have or had AD, ADD. And how has, how has um, you know, mental health and sobriety, like what, what, if you could tell me about the intersection there, um, because I know that, you know, through sobriety, you know, there's the opportunity to kind of like look at the mental health portion of, of our lives. So um, I guess, how, how have you coped with your mental health since being sober? Well, let me actually, mental health is a great word. Um, I was suffering from mental health and addiction when I was at channel two, but, um, people in my position don't, don't discuss mental health. It would it'd be a sign of weakness. And I didn't go to our HR department because main anchors don't do that. Just like police don't do that. Just like CEOs don't do that. Just like firefighters don't do that. And, you know, thank God for people like Simone Biles and Michael Phelps. Um, and maybe to a lesser degree, me coming out now and, and, and talking freely about that. Um, we don't talk about mental health enough. And it's still used. It's still looked at as a stigma. I, you could have a broken arm and I'd go, oh, man, I'm so sorry. But when you say your mind is broken, it's like, oh, God, that's kind of creepy. And, and yet it is, it's the same, it's the exact same thing. And, and so I suffered from that. Um, I, I don't know how I got on that tangent, but going back to the ADD, I still have ADD. I still have, it's one of the few tests I got an A plus on when I, when <laughs> I was tested for it. And I think what I'm, what I'm learning now is that that's just a part of me and, but I'm learning how to control it more to not have it lead me off the deep end to be able, because what would happen is I'd, I'd get so excited sometimes about a story and I go, well, bingo, that's a reason to drink. Or I I'd get so down from my, God, I screwed up so many words tonight. Damn it. Well, that now I have to drink too, for that reason. And you can find any reason you, you want, but with ADD, your mind's just going so fast. And, and now I've just kind of been able to slow it down. And I think through this work, this work has helped me to slow it down. Yeah, I still get really amped up like when I go to sleep because I can't wait for the morning. But I'm, I'm learning how to just go, 
all right, Frank, let's bring it down a notch. Let's bring it down a notch or two and just breathe deeply for a little while. And, and sometimes I'm more successful than others and it's still a work in progress. But I, I, I thought about calling my doctor and saying, could I go back on my ADD medications? And then I thought, you know what? I've been there, done that with medications. I don't want any more medications. I, I think that it's important to learn how to just deal with life as it comes. And I, I remember taking medication for um, anxiety and depression. And all that did was turn me into a freaking zombie where, where because it slows your heart rate down and slows everything down. You just become lethargic. And I absolutely hated that. And now that I'm off everything, I feel great. And I'm just, I'm learning how to not be addicted to whatever the substance is, i.e. medication, alcohol, whatever. And I, I've been doing a pretty good job. I, I wasn't sure how it was going to work out without all the medications. But now I find, God, why would I want to pump more, more medications in my body? I want to just, I want to, I want to, I want to feel alive. I want to feel my real feelings and, and then just deal with them like everyone else does. And I found that that's been so much better than the depression and anxiety medications. And, and to a certain degree, the, the, the ADD stuff, I, I just don't want anything in my body anymore. You know, I work out like crazy. Why would I want to poison it? And, and I, I look at some of those things as poison. And I, I just, I don't want to do that anymore. I've worked, I've worked too freaking hard in the gym and on my mind to let something come in the way of that. I, I appreciate you speaking about the mental health and the stigma. And, um, you know, it just reminded me, I had a professor in school say, you know, mental health is physical health. Um, and that really impacted me. And I, I always think about, you know, we all have mental health in the same way that we all have physical health. And it's just, you know, how well are you mentally, right? Everybody, it's it's yes. a spectrum. Everybody has mental health. We all have physical right. health. So, uh -huh. you know, I, I love that you you speak to that because, you know, it, it is it is nice to see some of the stigma slowly breaking down as, as time goes by. And, you know, a lot of this is generational, right? You mentioned, you know, your, your dad and his dad and, you know, the treatment yeah. and, um, mm -hmm. just that generational trauma that really impacts our mental health as well. Yeah. I, I remember when Simone Biles dropped out of the Olympics and, and people were calling her all kinds of names. How could you do something like that to your country and blah, blah, blah. And they don't understand what the hell she was going through. And I am, I am just so glad that she did that and that she was, was not afraid to come out and say, this is why I did it. And then look at her now. Look at her now. I mean, she's going to kick the crap out of everyone, I believe, in the Olympics next year in, in, in Paris. And, and, and she's, I mean, it seems like she's even better than she was back then because her mental health now is, is, is dealt with and her mental health now is good. And, and she wasn't afraid to ask for help. I mean, anybody listening to this, I would hope that if there's one thing you get out of this, it's, it's okay to ask for help. Whether it's going to AA, whether it's whether it's talking to your friends, whether it's talking to your doctor, whether it's talking to your HR department, it it's okay. It doesn't. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. I just wish I had known that at the time because I looked at it as a, as a sign of weakness. And and this firefighter I interviewed said the same thing. He goes, "I couldn't admit 
that I was having a hard time with this stuff because then the crew wouldn't trust me. And, and you, you, we all know damn well that everyone else on the crew is feeling exactly the same way he is. Um, they're just too afraid to admit it. And, and, and he's not, and, and he's a better person for it. Before I hit record, I was telling you, oh man, I've been anticipating this, this talk and I've been anxious and, you know, you, you said same thing, right? You could relate to that as well. So, um, totally just speaking out loud, uh, out loud about it. I had a interview with somebody that's a police officer and a veteran and that ask for help theme came up in that, in that, um, episode as well. And that was like a really huge, huge thing for, for him as well. So. Yeah. And, and you know what, when you finally admit that, when you finally, when you're finally honest with people, um, uh, that's, that, that makes you so much stronger because now it doesn't control you as much anymore. And, and because you, you've let the secret out and who would have ever thought someone like Michael Phelps would suffer from depression. I mean, here he is, the, 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 the man with the most medals in history, in the history of the Olympics, uh, world record holder in so many different events. And yet, and yet he's just like us. And, and for him to come out, just like I said, with, along with Simone Biles, I think is so wonderful for getting people to understand. And my guess is, is that there are so many people who can relate to exactly what I'm saying, what they're saying. They just are not at the stage yet where they can admit it. And I can only hope that at some point they realize it's okay. And it will make you a better person and a stronger person by doing that. Because you don't have to pretend anymore. And you don't have to hold it all in. And, and you don't have to have it eat away at you. You can use it. You can turn it around and use it as a strength. And that's exactly what I've done. I'm not afraid anymore to say, damn right, I had mental health issues. I, I couldn't I couldn't handle the stories I was seeing. I couldn't handle the stories I was reading. I, I took it home too much. I wasn't able to just read and then go home. It's like, what kind of an anchor does that? You know, it, I take the stories I covered and the stories I read about very, very seriously. I, I'm still to this day amazed at how many anchors there are who are just what I call readers, where they don't really care. They just read the story that's in front of them. And, and then they go home like nothing happen they don't give it a second thought it's just yeah I, I just read that story but that's no big deal because my life is is fine i'm not going to think about it that to me is not a good tv anchor well i i have very much appreciated appreciated this i i think that storytelling is so important and you know i i i hope that through people hearing your story that they will also have the courage to to speak up, to ask for help, and to also recognize that there's there's hope, there's something to look forward to. So, uh, what what did you look forward to before you were sober, and what are you looking forward to now? Well, that's an interesting question. I think when I was when I was an addict, I didn't look forward to anything. Um, I just nothing meant anything to me. I I I'd, I'd lost all, all hope, and I felt that there was no way out. I felt I was trapped, and so what I did was I. I, I faked it a lot. Um, I did anything to keep my secret a secret and I could put on a really good face and, and it looked like I was great, but inside I was dying. And what I look forward now to now is just exploring who I am, exploring 
exploring what I can do when I don't have all these things holding me back. And I'm so damn excited about that. One right now, I'm having a uh, a professional uh, create a web page for me, and once that's done, I have a someone who's going to be my manager. And what I want to do is give speeches where I talk about this and what it's really like to be a cokehead and, and an alcoholic. I mean, give specific examples, not talking generalities, but talk. This is what I did. These are the kind of things that people like me do, and then also. MC events and and work with my voice, do voiceovers, do narration, uh, all of these things that I always wanted to do but was too scared to try. And now I'm like, there's a there's a Netflix show called um, A Million Miles Away, and it's about a migrant farmer who worked his butt off and overcame every obstacle in the book to become an astronaut, and he flew on the space shuttle and. I remember one scene in the movie where he had been rejected so many times and his wife said to him, you can do it. What, what, what makes you think that those people are so much better than you? You can do exactly what they're doing and you could probably do it even better. And I, that just so resonated with me because we allow, we hold ourselves back. We allow things to hold ourselves back. And now I have an opportunity to not hold myself back anymore and to just go out there and, and, and see what I can do. And also realize that despite the fact that I had an addiction, I'm damn good at what I do. Not just think about the negative things, but think about the positive things. I was a damn good anchor. And <laughs> I don't say that. I don't say that in an egotistical way. I just say that I was very, very good. You were, and a lot of people love you. Oh man, that's, so I don't nice know. I don't know if you knew that, <laughs> but no, you were, and a lot of people love you. I can accept that now because now I'm being real. I could not accept that before because I would I would always just think, well, well, yeah, but if you really knew. Now people know, and I've been very, very transparent on my Facebook page and my Instagram page. Now people know who I really am. And 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 um maybe I've lost a few, but I think I've gained many more. And people admire and respect honesty. And also my thought is if I can do it, and believe me, I I had no hope. If I can do it, anybody else can do it. You just have to surrender. That's the start. Just surrender and say, I need some help. And it's okay to ask for that help. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Before you go, please subscribe and leave a five-star written review. Reviews help boost my ratings, which helps other parents in recovery find my show. If you're interested in emotional sobriety coaching, please reach out and schedule a call. Check out the show notes for my contact info and social links. Don't forget to like, follow, and share with a friend. I'm super excited to know this podcast is helping you. Tune in Thursdays for the latest episode. I'll see you back here on your next Target Run. Until next time. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Productions. We are stronger than we think we are. Fight and show your strength, good and grace from our God, good and grace from our God, good and grace from our God, oh, good and grace from our God.